and welcome to episode 53 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Hales. Glad to be bringing you another edition of the show that features original classical guitar compositions from around the globe. Maybe not as frequently as it once did, but nonetheless, still going. I hope you've all had a great holiday season and are back at it after the new year. I've expressed how I feel about New Year's on this show before. I've survived that holiday. We're through it. It's over. And now we can just grind through January. I've already lined up some, like, remodeling in the basement to occupy myself in the upcoming winter. And I actually thought, before I start, which is like now, I'm going to record a podcast. It's been too long, and... um it's time to get one out. I don't have any new music for you, unfortunately. I thought I had another one uh, that had been submitted, but uh, he didn't send... He, someone sent me a YouTube video. Uh, we talked about it. He was going to send me an MP3, and I haven't heard anything. I think... Was it Mike? Uh, Mike, if you're listening, um, you know, send in that MP3. We'll get it on the show. So we'll dig into the vault. I haven't picked anything yet, but uh, got a few emails that have come in, so I thought I could at least read some emails, maybe revisit an old piece that we've heard before, and let everybody know that I'm not quite finished. Guitar life has been a little bit slow, at least on the classical end. I had gotten into a pretty good practice routine again, and sometime around late November, I got really sick, which is unusual for me. I'm, I'm fortunately one of those people who just you know, I, I don't tend to get sick. Even if I get a cold, like, it, it's gone in a day. I never take anything. Uh, but this one, you know, did a pretty good number on me. And so it... Uh, being ill, I just didn't want to get up early and, and practice guitar. And so lost the habit. I mean, then, I, you know, went through Christmas and all that stuff. And, had some time off work and, you know, spent it on other things, mostly in the driveway. Had some car problems. This podcast seems to have become uh, me venting about car problems, <laughs> or at least mentioning them. But, uh, man, it's been like one after another, so it just always seems to be on my mind, I guess. But I won't go into those now. Um, instead, let's talk some guitar. I've got Gimli the Corgi hanging out with me. He's just chilling on the floor. Probably some noise coming in from the upstairs, but uh, that's just going to be the way it is. <laughs> We're lucky to find a moment to record. A quiet moment is a whole nother story. Then I'd be putting out podcasts like once a year, which might uh, at this point exceed my composition output. <laughs> but... You know, it, 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 I always feel a little self-conscious to say that I haven't been composing, seeing as how that's the foundation of this show, but I haven't, and I keep revisiting this sonata. I, I wrote a first movement to, thinking, oh, it's pretty good, and then I just kind of lose, I, I don't know, it just, I need to write something else. Uh, I had a good second movement for it going, but don't love the first movement enough to pursue it, I guess. I, I really... 
it has moments I was really proud of, and, and in fact, I thought some of my better writing in a long time, but one thing about it is there are moments in it that just don't fall very nicely into the hands. It's I, I believe I was forcing the composition and fighting the instrument. And sometimes with guitar, you need to let the instrument kind of dictate how you're going to voice things. And, you know, I, it was like, it's all playable, but some of it is maybe more difficult than it's worth. And especially as of late, I've really wanted to write pieces that are you know, they can be challenging. I want them to be challenging. I don't want them to necessarily be plain and simple, but I want them to be true guitar pieces that are, you know, highlighting what the guitar can do and not just falling into, like, a compositional framework or rather forced into a compositional framework. So I have done some arranging but that's nothing I would feature on the show. It's kind of beyond the scope of what I want to do with this show. Uh, even in, even in times like this, I guess maybe uh, if it gets <laughs> if really nothing else is coming through. But uh, in general, I don't do. I, I guess I have shared arrangements on the show before, but it's not something I want to regularly do. But you know, I I thought I would record a Christmas album one day for guitar. Uh, because it would be nice, you know, to to put some of those tunes on a classical guitar. Not that it hasn't been done a thousand times, but I, I don't know a lot of... I've never heard, like, a good album of just straight, single guitar Christmas arrangements. I mean, I don't listen to a ton of Christmas music, but I, I can get into the spirit and, you know, uh, get into the seasonal mood. I, and, uh, anyway, so... Instead of trying to arrange a whole album at once, I've just made it a point each year at Christmas time to arrange one one song. So I've done that the last three years, and so I, you know, that's been the extent of my output. But I did finish a an arrangement of I saw three ships, and you know now it's January and I'm I couldn't be less interested in working on that right now. So. I figure I'll record them all when they're done, <laughs> when when they're all done. Uh, trying to keep them on the more <laughs> well, that sounds really loud. That's just Gimli uh, scratching his ear there. Hey Gimli, say hello. Speak. What's that? Speak. There, little hello from my featured guest today. So anyway, uh, I was just saying that I try to keep them fairly playable because they're not something I really want to spend a lot of time practicing. So I do try to put those on the easier side. So I figure when they're all done, I'll record them. And aside from that, it's just not its just not happening right now. And you know what? I'm not a professional composer. I don't do it for a living. So that's just how it is, you know. Uh, sometimes I would rather fish than write a guitar piece well it's not that I'd rather but uh, if <laughs> I'd rather fish than force myself to write a guitar piece when it's not happening so in all the usual points I tend to hit on the show 
they're they're not really. I don't have anything new to report. I haven't even watched like a, a new horror movie in a long time, so I have nothing to say there. I have had some emails come through, so I think I'm gonna go ahead and go straight to email, and then let's find something in the vault to listen to. Or I guess we can just listen to the piano music that's filtering in from upstairs. I'm not sure how strong that's coming through, but there is some. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and read these emails in the order that they came. And I see here the gentleman who had talked about sending something in, his name was John. So John, I meant to say, not Mike. Uh, If you're listening, I'd still like to uh, air your piece if you want to send me an mp3. Alright, this first one says, this came, wow, this one came in on Halloween, so that's, (laughs) it really has been a bit since I've done a show. Uh, Hello, found your podcast at podcastindex.org today and listened to the latest episode with the two compositions by the guitar builder named Christian Heim. Excellent, thank you. I'm going to check out your archive and thought I'd let you know you have a listener in Northern Illinois. And that is from Mark from Illinois. Thank you, Mark. That's much appreciated. I've never heard of Podcast Index, so that's kind of cool to see that there's a another pathway to this show that people can get to it. There's a whole bunch of things like that I've been finding out. That's really cool. Mark, uh, as you're going through those archives, I hope that you... <laughs> I hope you still enjoy it by the time you're done. And this email here comes from Tim says this one came in uh back in november early november hello chris it's good to see the show still on the air my apologies but i've taken a break from your podcast for a bit (laughs) me too i like to binge podcasts during my workday makes it easier starting and ending my days on the same show now i am able to do so with yours now that there is a backlog of shows for me i'm grateful for your show as i've learned a lot about perspectives from other classical guitarists One of my favorite things is when you mention composers or pieces I might have never heard of, unless you had mentioned them. I'm not caught up with the backlog yet, but I don't recall you ever mentioning Brouwer or Jose Luis Merlin during any shows. As an odd request, are there any unpopular or less known classical guitar composers that you favor, or even perhaps recommend? I hope that this isn't something you've actually covered in an episode I still haven't listened to yet. If it is, please disregard this. Anyways, very glad to see you still going away at it. Hope all is still well with you, and I look forward to many more episodes. Oh, and Moby Dick is a horribly aged book, and I can verify it is indeed a whaling manual. (laughs) Cheers, Tim. (laughs) I don't remember how long it was ago that I talked about Moby Dick, but... Yeah, if you have not yet read the great American novel uh, and are looking to, I recommend maybe uh, going with like Mark Twain. You know, check out Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer or something like that. Moby Dick's a tough one. It's a tough one. It feels really wrong to say like, yeah, it's not a very good book because it's you know regarded so highly. But I I just did not enjoy it. Um. I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned Brower or Merlin. Uh, with Brower, I guess the reason I've never talked about Brower is because I've never played a single Brower piece, and he's not one I tend to enjoy. But at the same time, I know that 
I'm denying myself a fairly substantial pillar of the guitar world and a lot of compositions. And what people have told me about Brower is that he's really fun to play and very playable. Like, his music sounds hard, but it's it's very gettable. And I do imagine, like, if I was reading some Brower, I'd probably uh, be more open. I, I, I can imagine myself working on a piece and coming to enjoy it, finding the musicality in it. But he's, he's just a little too dissonant and modern, for lack of a better word, to my tastes. You know, I've never heard a Brower piece and thought, hmm, that's tasty. <laughs> you know, I, I saw someone, I think it was when I went to Scott Tennant, he performed some Brower pieces, and they were, they were pretty fun to watch him play live. I just don't own any of his music, like the sheet music, and, you know, haven't, you know, <laughs> nobody's ever, like, given me any. You know, some, some like, like I have, I have a friend who's given me a lot of sheet music, and it's there's a lot of stuff I've played that I probably would have never found had he not just given me, like, a stack of music. And then, you know, I'm always just, I like to practice sight reading, so I'll just read anything I can get my hands on. So, uh, that's why I haven't mentioned Brower much. Uh, now, with Jose Merlin... I'm only familiar with the uh, Suite of Memories, and I absolutely love that piece. I think it's gorgeous. Uh, I've played... I've never, like, worked it into my fingers. Like, I've never worked it up to a performance level. But every now and then I'll pull it off the shelf and I'll just read through it a few times and I'll kind of work on one of the movements. I absolutely love that last one, the Joropa. Uh, one of them in the middle, is it the second one or the third one? I can't remember. Um, is always kind of fun to read, a little difficult to count, because it, it's a, it's got two different feel, there's like parts that feel like 6-8 and parts that feel like 3-4, but really cool. That, that's, that's a really cool piece, especially when it's played well. I've heard a lot of, uh, when I was in college, there was a couple of other students who played it. And so I never did learn it back then because I, you know, I didn't want to learn what everyone else was playing. We all we all wanted to like play our own pieces and kind of show what we could do, you know, show show what we had found, I guess. And so I like that piece was very popular with good reason, but because it was like everyone was doing it, I you know thought I would like find something else to work on. So. Merlin's great, and I've I I've I haven't like explored farther than that piece. I should. Um, if you have any recommendations, I'd I'd like to hear them. Uh, that is some music that's totally idiomatic to the guitar, very much written for the guitar. That's that's it's a very good example of good writing that fits the instrument so well. It also has the strange uh, distinction of being the only piece I'm aware of that uses the exact same piece of music for two different mu for two different movements, but it kind of works. Uh, regarding the lesser-known pieces or composers, I thought about this, and I don't know that I know many, I think. Uh, but there is one, uh, as I, I started looking through my shelf, going, what, what is there? And one that I came across was a name that I haven't thought about for quite a while, but uh, I believe it's Armand Koek. 
That last name is C-O-E-C-K. And I have a handful of, of pieces by him, and they're great. Really fine pieces to listen to and fun to play. Very playable, impressive, like just kind of everything you might want in a guitar piece. So that's someone I I would recommend if you're not familiar. I looked him up. Uh, he's born in 1941. And maybe he's better known than I realized, but he's just, he's never really come up. Uh, my, my teacher in college is who int introduced me to him. And he had, when he did, he had recently discovered him and was like super excited about him. So definitely check him out. I'm trying, I have a, a group of pieces. I can't remember if they are like part of a single work. I don't think so. I think they're individuals, but they're, they're really cool. I don't know what they're called though. Like one of them, I think is, I think the one that was my favorite is just called dance. And I think it's in, it might be in like seven, eight or something like that. Like it seems like there was an odd meter. Uh, another guitarist I've recently come across who I have not learned any music by because he composes for seven string guitar, but I just love listening to him play and his compositions are pretty cool is uh Yamandu Costa. I'm sure I'm saying that nowhere near correctly, but um man, he's great. Look him up. Uh that last name is C O S T A. And he he's like a seven string guy. I didn't even know seven string classical guitar was a thing and he's done some really cool arrangements. It was actually Parker, who's been a guest on this show a few times, my friend uh, and co-worker, just sent me a video of him, and he's like, have you ever heard of this guy? And I said, no. And then I got totally sucked in, watched a bunch of videos, and I'm, I was like, why does, this, like, this piece just sounded so cool. I thought he must be using a, you know, a, a weird tuning with some dropped strings, but I wanted to check it out. It turned out he's got a seven-string guitar, so. If you're looking for something to listen to, very much recommend him. If you're looking for something to play and you don't have a seven string, I very much recommend Armand Koek, uh, or to just listen to as well. He's very cool. And better known, but I always gotta bring, I, you know, Domeniconi, Carlo Domeniconi is another one that, Koyumbaba comes up quite a bit, a lot of people know that piece, but he's got a lot of great pieces. I love, uh, he has variation, oh, what is it? It's some kind of, like, variations on a Turkic, Turkish folk song or something like that. It's in D minor, I've learned it before, and loved playing it. There's some great recordings of it out there. Uh, I think if you just looked up Domeniconi variations, that should come up fairly quickly. That's such a great piece. So those are the ones that uh, I I come up with today. I would ask that back to the listeners. I'm curious if anybody has any gems that we might not have heard of, that I might not have heard of, or someone that you, I haven't discussed on the show that you think I would like or the listeners would like. You know, there's one name that's never come up on the show, at least that I don't remember ever talking about, that I'm surprised that no one's brought him up, but uh, is Takamitsu. And I've never brought him up because he's another one that I don't really care for, but he is a fairly big name in the guitar world. 
but it's just it's too it's just too out there it's just not my thing i i want to hear music that moves me and i'm not looking for an intellectual challenge necessarily with music <laughs> although that can be a part of it but if the music doesn't like at its core just move me to give me some kind of emotion besides annoyed then i just i'm not very interested in it i have read through some of him see he, as opposed to brower i have played a little bit of takamitsu and i i didn't enjoy it all right thank you so much tim great email and i have one more here uh from my good friend martin slater and the uh i think martin was <laughs> he'd forgotten that he'd emailed a little while ago but uh but I'm just going to read that. So he, he corrected himself. You know, he's thinking he hadn't written in a year, but um, I'm going to go ahead and read his email. Chris, I have just caught up with your latest podcast, and I'm amazed that I last wrote in January of 23. Well, I suppose one of the main reasons has been my now 95-year-old mom. I spend as much time as I am able with her, but my daughter now has a part-time job in a care home for elderly who have at least some marbles left. As she is also in her final year of university... This job is 12-hour shifts on Saturdays and Sundays, 7 a.m. to p.m. I'm usually the taxi for this, although she can drive on the occasions I let her have the car. I am now old enough to possess a free bus pass. My silence from June 1st can be more readily explained by the fact that Mom managed to break her ankle trying to get back on a coach on which we had made a trip to our coastal city of Bournemouth. She became stuck in the alleyway, and we had to wait two, over two hours for an ambulance to arrive. Even then, the coach driver had to unscrew the seat reserved for any relief driver before the crew could even get at her. Once removed, we had to go to the local hospital, which just happened to be in a different administration district to the one she lives in. Consequently, I had to commute a considerable distance for an extended period before she was finally transferred nearer to home. Mom was in one hospital or another till the middle of August, but the homecoming was not without its own problems. Cutting the story shorter, we have finally got carers visiting her morning and evening, which has finally lifted most of the pressure off me at these crucial times. Mom has also gradually got back into the home routine. Regarding my approaching London Marathon at the end of April 1st, I have started weekly CrossFit sessions to remind myself that my upper half needs just as much looking after as my legs. All this was progressing well until the beginning of December when a succession of bugs floored me. It certainly stopped physical activity, but had the side effect of focusing me much more on guitar practice. The result of this is that I now securely memorized Barrio's Viencico de Navidad, or Christmas Carol. The idea to do this was partly due to the current season, but more to the impetus of having a performance assessed by Carlos Bonnell via a monthly Zoom he hosts. Active participation does, however, cost have a cost of 17 euro, so if I play anything I want to do it well. On top of that, I am also memorizing my own prelude number seven, which is a tricky thing. All this got me to put together the USB recording equipment that has been sitting in its box till now. I have different music programs on my laptop, but have only done preliminary investigations on what might work also concluded that I need to be away from extraneous noises. <laughs> Does mean, however, that I am much closer to 
to once more recording than I have been for a long time. I really hope I won't keep you waiting much longer for a decent contribution. In any event, Mr. Bonnell has another Zoom on the 22nd of January, which I intend to participate in. All the best for 2024, and keep playing! Martin, by the way, I don't expect you to read all of this missive on the podcast. It's a bit of a ramble. Martin, come on, man. You know this show. That that sentence perfectly describes this show, so of course I'm going to read it all. <laughs> As always, it's good to hear from you, my friend, and I am sorry to hear about that ordeal with your mom. That sounds very stressful. Uh, 95 is an impressive age, and you are a great son. But I'm glad some of that pressure has been lifted off of you, because that, that sounds really difficult. Uh, it's funny, I like how you have the opposite effect when you're um, homesick, you're practicing more. <laughs> I, uh, that's awesome. And I hope you're able to get your recording equipment up and running. I would like to hear uh, something new, and I'd like to hear how it sounds uh, compared to your older tapes. I don't know if I've mentioned it. I, I finally broke down and upgraded everything last year. I got the new computer. Oh, I'm sure I talked about that, yeah. But I also got a new audio interface, and it's... Uh, I love this new audio, this interface I've got. Yeah, we're... I'm running new equipment over here and no longer uh, stuck in the purgatory of... You know, the computer can't update to keep with the software updating. That'll probably last, I don't know, a year, but <laughs> for now, I'm able to stay up to date. And i got to say that uh, I'm glad because these latest changes that they've been doing in Pro Tools are really nice. It's a good time to be uh, up to date with Avid. All right, with that, I'd like to thank everybody for emailing, and I think we'll just go ahead and um, air a piece, and we'll call that a show for this period got my iced tea ready here. I, uh, as always, recommend you do the same. A little classical guitar goes down really smooth with an iced tea. Uh, I was just looking back over my log I'm keeping now of uh, when I've aired pieces, and have I really never re-aired some of your pieces, Martin? So if I have, and I've, uh, you know, then I'm making a mistake in thinking I haven't, but I think I'm going to go ahead and reach back to episode 18 and listen to these five-tone pictures by Martin Slater, titled in this order, By the River, Green Meadows, Sun and Cloud, Spring Haze, and finally, Hazy Summer.
All right, there it is. We've just heard Five Tone Pictures by Martin Slater. Thank you, Martin, and thank you for your email. It's always nice uh, to hear from listeners. I really appreciate it. It actually helps motivate me to do a show <laughs> quite a bit. So thank you, everybody, who sent in. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, keep on plucking. Mm-hmm.